Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, the safe space created for Black women by Black women to strip away the taboo of talking about mental health. You'll hear from mental health professionals and advocates as well as Black women sharing their experiences as we break down the complexities, explore ways to heal, and support each other. My name is Ashley, I'm your host. Whether you're a seasoned regular or this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for your support. Now let's get into today's episode. of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. I'm your host, Ashley, and um, let's just say my anxiety was good this morning, and then, um, yeah, it's been up the past 45 minutes because of technical difficulties. But we're here now. We're good. I'm really excited for this episode. I think this episode is going to catch some of you guys off guard because of um, the topic, which is going to be divorce. And the guest that we have today um, has a really unique view on, on divorce and a refreshing view on divorce. So um, for today, Janine Bell is joining us. So welcome to the podcast, Janine. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yes. And shout out to Janine because she is extremely patient. She's been waiting here while I've been shuffling mics and doing IT stuff on my end. So I appreciate your patience. My pleasure. <laughs> so Janine, um, Again, Janine's here to talk about the big D divorce, not the one that y'all might be thinking of. Um, <laughs> we can talk about that too if you want. Yeah. <laughs> so let me tell y'all a little bit about Janine. She is a Jamaican American writer. Shout out to all the Jamaicans that have been on this Yes. She is a, a writer, a life coach, and a mother of two. She's an award-winning entrepreneur committed to empowering women. She is a fellow podcaster. Shout out to, the, to all the podcasters. Um, I think you're the second one on the pod. We had uh, yeah, Cookie from the Dirty Bag podcast, and I don't think we've had any other podcasters. So, yes, we're building a, a little community over here. Yes. yes. Um, so she created a, the podcast called Thanks Divorce, and this podcast was created to encourage women as they rebuild their lives after divorce. Thanks Divorce is inspired by her own journey through divorce, uh, the transformation, the lessons, and the gruesome beauty of it all. She is also offering divorce coaching for women who desire a more hands-on approach to rebuilding their lives post-divorce. And da, 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 she's hosting a retreat specifically for divorced women um, to help you kind of mark the end of one chapter and the beginning of another um, through rituals and, and celebration. And... Um, yeah, so for all of y'all that are like, I need to take a trip. I need some time to myself. Like, this is your sign. <laughs> <laughs> and um, at this time of her life, the purpose of her work is is to really show that divorce is not the end of the world uh, and the beginning of a new one, um, which I'm really excited about to talk about that. And when she's not making products and services for divorced women, she is hiking. Shout out to my black girls that hike. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, she loves a good game night and is an avid stand-up comedy fan. Um, if you are like me and read uh, and nerd out for uh, in articles in Medium, she's got some uh, writings in Medium as well. If you don't know what Medium is, go to Apple or Google Store, download it, and nerd out on all the good writing that that's in there. Um, she is also a TEDx alum and holds a BA in communication from the University of Maryland College Park, and um, 
yeah, we're gonna little, learn a little bit more about Janine today. You're yeah. doing a lot of stuff, Janine. How how are you managing all this, all these things? <laughs> um, prayer. <laughs> Lots of prayer. <laughs> prayer. I don't know. Um, it's getting it done. I'm motivated by by my why and uh, and intuition and things of that nature. It's a it's a good time. It's a good time. Also, doing it scared. You know, that's also a part of it too. Oh, um, doing it scared. That's that might be have to, that might have to be the title of this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's a big part of my life. Yes, but we want to know a little bit more about you, Janine. So we are going to do our three-minute fast and curious segment. This is just a little segment where I ask you a bunch of questions in three minutes. You give me a quick answer. If you have a story, you tell us a story. First thing that comes to mind. Okay, I can do that. All right. What's the weirdest food you've ever eaten? Um, uh, so I had caviar one time uh, on accident. On accident. So, yeah. So, right. Um, It was weird for me in my experience of it. So, you know, caviar, little eggs or whatever. I'm at a party. (laughs) Let me just stunt real quick. I was at a fashion week party in Paris. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Wee wee. (laughs) And, you know, it's dim lights. There's hors d'oeuvres being served. And I just thought these little things were like bruschetta or maybe something tomato based. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I'm registering tomato and then I eat and it's like fish. Like, yeah. I was like, nah, I don't, I don't take it back. I was not prepared for that. So, um, that was the weirdest experience of the food. And I never went back. I never asked for caviar. I never, I don't want it. I don't want it. No, your your brain is probably like, you know, permanently scarred from that. Yeah. We ain't like it. <laughs> um, would you rather be able to live in the ocean or live on the moon? You only you can only pick one. Oh, ocean. I'm a Pisces. Like um that's like oh. that's my people. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you rather be the funniest person in the room or the smartest? Ooh. Oh, the smartest. The smartest? Yeah. I, someone else can make me laugh, but I'll be the smartest. Okay. okay. I like laughing more than being funny. <laughs> um if you could teach a class on one thing, what would you teach? I feel like that we all kind of know. Ooh, that. if I could teach a class. Um, internal validation mm. instead of external validation. I feel like that should be a middle school class. Like, we should start learning about that early. Yeah. Um, I mean, and identity is such a big deal in middle school specifically. Um, and you're just figuring yeah. out who you are. So I think that's a great place for that learning at least at least getting that muscle a little stronger because of course external there's always external you're always looking out your eyes right um but learning how to create internal validation yes i love that um if you could choose any person from history to be your imaginary friend who would it be and why okay uh this this year specifically um i would choose tony morrison Mm. this year I'm saying that because I have to fact check this, but I heard that Toni Morrison published her first book at the age 39. I think she did. Right. And so yeah. I'm turning 39 this year and I want to write a book. So she's like my totem in my mind. So this year I, I need her with me. She needs to be like in my altar too. Like we, we yeah. about to be real good friends. Real good friends. BFFs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that flows right into my next question. If you could write a book that was guaranteed to be a bestseller, what would you write? Oh, let me tell you about it. Let me get a preview before it even is written. Yeah. 
it's it's about uh, coming the triumph of coming out of divorce, uh, and and it sounds so simple, but be, but because marriage is put so much on a pedestal, uh, divorce f- can feel like the end of the world. But but guess what? It's not. So yeah. it's really about the coming out of. Um, it's kind of like you, you you have a dream for your life, and then it gets shattered. But then there's more life. So that's more life. that's the thing. That would that's what it would be about and is gonna be about. Yes. Quick preview, y'all. Here we Sneak go. Peek. Um, are you a morning person or a night person? I'm a morning person. I love mornings. Mm. Are you a traveler or a homebody, or both? I'm both. I'm the yes and on that one. Um, oh, okay. I in love. I love being at home. Yes. I also love traveling. I think the the. Yeah, I'm also, yeah, I love being home and I love to travel. So both, yeah. I'm not a both. night owl and I'm not like a partier if, as opposed to like homebody. Yeah. But I do love to travel. Okay, okay. What was the worst job you've ever had? The worst job I ever had? I signed up to sell um, home security, like ADT. Mm-hmm. And that's like a door-to-door do- job. Yeah. And that's not me. Never, yeah. I don't know how I got looped into that. It was like in high school, maybe, or fresh into college. I don't know, but I was young and I said yes to it. And I only sold one to my mom. And, you Aww. know, shout out to your mom for supporting, <laughs> you know, always in every way. My mother, shout out to her. <laughs> um, if, uh, do you have a car currently? And if you do, what, what's your, the name of your car? Oh, I do have a car. I don't, I don't know her name, but I'd be talking to her like, I'm so grateful that you're still working. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you got to hype them up a little bit, you know, because right. like you're doing so good. Look at that. They go through a lot. They go through a lot. <laughs> um, what is the best book that you've ever read? Uh, the best book I've ever, ever read. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So in, okay. Yeah. There's a few that come to mind. Okay, so at the time, it was the best book for me. When I, and at the age of 18, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. And that helped me reframe what an asset is versus a liability. Um, I guess it's a different book per time in my life. Like right now, the book I... Ugh, dang. So during my divorce, <laughs> the book that I loved was Women Who Run With the Wolves, which is about women reclaiming their like... in internal instinctual nature and their wild woman and that was so pivotal to me reclaiming who I am as a person um when I felt that I needed to be validated by a man or a position or all these other things so at that time it was the best book ever and then at 18 Rich Dad Poor Dad was the best book ever yeah now that's so funny that you mentioned women that run with wolves because I had another guest Hannah Echo that mentioned who's also a writer mentioned um that book and i ordered it and i kind of like dibbled and dabbed in it because mm-hmm. it's i feel like it's a lot it's very dense yes mm-hmm. um but this is my sign and for anybody that's listening that's like maybe i should just order it <laughs> just add it to the cart yeah, <laughs> well one. thank you for playing fast and curious with me yes um, yes um, learned a little bit more about you <laughs> let me let me do my quick disclaimer yeah, um, yes. For myself and for the listeners. This is for everybody. All right, two disclaimers coming from me at this point. Anything I say today is a reflection of where I am in my life 
today. It's a reflection of where I am in my healing, in my journey, in my everything today. So let's just say this is Q1 2023, Janine. It might change in six months. It might change in six years, but here we are today. Disclaimer number two, <laughs> anything that I say, uh, take what resonates and leave what doesn't. That's it. That's all. That's my two yes. disclaimers. Yes. Y'all heard that and rewind if you need to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we are going to jump into our mind game segment. Um, and so this segment, for anybody that's new and listening, welcome to the pod. Um, this segment is where I give you a mental health disorder or an Ill illness and I give you the description, the definition of it, um, but I don't tell you what it is. So you have to hang out with us all the way to the end. And then I tell you what the answer is and we talk about the symptoms and get into it a little bit of the details around this particular disorder. All right. And, um, Janine, if you know it, don't, don't say it. <laughs> 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 so for today's mind games question here we go this particular uh illness is the mental illness is the irrational or persistent feeling that people are out to get you or that you are subject you are the subject of persistent intrusive attention by others this unfounded mistrust of others can make it difficult for a person with this particular illness to function socially or have close relationships People with this illness, uh, this particular illness has a, may have a symptom of a number of conditions. Um, I'm sorry, I said that incorrect. <laughs> it may be a symptom of a number of conditions. Um, this includes uh, personality disorders um, and schizophrenia. Now, the cause of this particular illness is unknown, but genetics are thought to play a role. And treatment really depends on the condition diagnosed as its cause. And may include treatment by a psychological uh, psychological therapy or medication. So you guys can sit on that for a little bit, and then we'll come back at the end, and I will tell you exactly what that is. All right. We are going to, we're just going to jump right into these questions, because I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> so today, again, the topic for today is divorce. And you're probably wondering, Ashley, like, what does this have to do with mental health, mental wellness? And if you um, are somebody that has gone through a divorce or you are a child of divorced parents, you're probably like, this makes complete sense as to why <laughs> you're talking about this. Um, so real quick, before we jump in, I'm going to just throw out some, some stats when it comes to divorce. So Arkansas had the highest divorce rate among women in the U.S. with around 22 women divorcing in the last year per 1,000 married women. The state with the lowest divorce rate in 2021 was New Hampshire with about eight divorces per 1,000 women. According to the American Psychological Association, about 90% of us get married before we turn 50 and between 40 to 50% of marriages end in divorce. And when it comes to divorce, there are five psychological and emotional stages. So stage one is blaming the spouse and disillusionment of one party. Stage two, mourning the loss, expressing dissatisfaction. Stage three, anger and resentment. Stage four, being single and deciding to divorce. And stage five, new beginnings and acting on decisions. So Janine, do you feel like you went through all five stages? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, there were definitely 
a bunch of those, not necessarily linearly, if that's a word. Um, But yeah, there's parts. Um, I think with the blaming part that can happen, there can be a a part in there where there's accountability, um, depending on your makeup as a person. Um, Because I I did blaming, but I also took accountability for my part in things. Um, But yeah, definitely felt all the feelings all All the feelings well let's start from the beginning what what made you well people don't know but I know because I spoke with her before but (laughs) you asked you asked for the divorce in your previous relationship yes and can I ask why what, what prompted you to ask for the divorce so it's a that's a tough question uh because there isn't just one reason and I'm unable to rattle off 15 of them either. Um, but at the time I just knew it was time. Mm. And I could say that that was my second time acting for a divorce. The first time was two years prior. Mm. And then the, you know, let's give it another shot. All that stuff happens in between. And then you're like, no, actually, no, actually I do. I do not want to be here anymore. Um, there, it's just a cocktail of, of things that happened and then that, that I was experiencing, um, but nothing definitive, like he cheated, he hit me, he, you know, I don't know, stole all our money or whatever. Um, so there was nothing specific, but just like a a compilation of thoughts, feelings, experiences, and then being fed up with how, um, I want to say discomfort, like how much discomfort or misery or suffering. I don't know what the right word is, but I was done feeling that way. So I had to mm. exit. And at that point, so I know you said you asked for a divorce, divorce twice within the same relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's a two year span. So in that two year span, if we, if we compare the first time you asked for divorce and the second, the final time that you asked, what was your mental state like at each one? Mm. both both of them were a mental a state of fed up mm. <laughs> that that was essentially the feeling um and I think that I made a lot of concessions or like dealt with or gave grace for a lot of things that I just I actually didn't like and mm. um in all the ways that I was being treated. It's hard to say because, you know, I was, I was a stay-at-home mom for a, a chunk of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> was that something that you wanted or is that something that you guys kind of compromised and agreed on um, or something that you wanted for a, a period of time? Right. So in my mind, I, I always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom at some point in time. It didn't have to be like all 18 years or anything, but I just wanted to, to spend some quality time with children when they're small. Um, and he agreed. So it was, a co-creation. Um, Mm. but there was more that comes with being a stay-at-home mom than I knew. The same Mm. thing about being a mom or even being married. There's more about it when you do the thing. Of course. No one can really tell you how it's going to (laughs) be. Um, and you don't even know how that's going to, how that title that you're taking on interacts with your own personality your own traumas 
and then both of y'all's personalities and traumas. And then let's put an umbrella of patriarchy because there's right. something to be said about the person who doesn't make money and mm. how much say they have in a relationship um, without getting into too many details, but there, and that's no fault of mine or his. It's just kind of like, that's the world, that's the world we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we made a concerted effort to go against that grain. And I felt like I was feeling the brunt of that um, in macro and micro ways. Yeah. And those are the things that chip away, like chip away at just your self-esteem, it chips away at yourself, like your worth um, in a relationship or as a human being. So there, there's so much <laughs> that was there. Um, yeah. What and- else? Was there something else that kind of surprised you about being a stay-at-home mom that like, one of the top things that you're like, whoa, I was not expecting this. Sort of. I think that if it had kept going the way that it was going, I might've built resentment towards my children for changing my life. Even though I chose to one, be a mom and two, to be a stay-at-home mom, uh, something had to change. So when I say it doesn't match my personality before then I was an entrepreneur and now I am pouring into children, which is a choice, but I swapped out one for the other. So then mom comes before Janine and that that's a recipe for disaster. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so that part, I didn't see or foresee that being like, oh, now you're my actual world. And even now, I'm not a stay-at-home mom, but um, now I am learning and they're they're five and seven. My daughters are five and seven. I'm learning how to integrate Janine into motherhood because because even with this uh, custody, one week on, one week off, one to, uh, one week I'm like all mom and barely Janine, and then the other week I'm like Janine's back. <laughs> so now it's like let me integrate y'all into my life and and integrate myself into yours. And it sounds weird, but it's like those who know know, but. Um, that's one of the things that I was surprised by, but if you just look at it on paper, yeah, you're going to sacrifice yourself, (laughs) but I didn't want to sacrifice my whole self, which I ended up doing. Mm, Do you feel like you're now you're getting, do you feel like your kids are noticing that like mommy is also this other person? Yes. Yes. And the way that mommy's now enforcing boundaries in a way that uh, they were like, hey, I thought that I could just butt in in your conversation anytime and you would listen to me. Like, nah, sis, you got to say excuse me and you got to wait your turn. And the answer might be no when you say excuse me. Mm-hmm. Or I might be on a phone call and people are used to me mid-conversation while I'm actually speaking, addressing my children. But it's like, mm-hmm. nah, you have to wait now. So they're noticing a few boundaries around how much time they take up in like when when we're together. And um, they also noticed that I'm very happy. <laughs> like mommy dances Aww. and sings more. And Aww. when we have like, and with, if they want to have, uh, let's listen to Encanto songs and sing, mommy will pick up the mic too. And she's going to do some karaoke too. Aww. So there's, there's, they're, they're noticing differences. Yes. Yeah. I love that. What, as far as, and, Let's talk about the timeline of your divorce, if you don't mind. Because um, I know when we spoke the other day, that was a really 
pivotal day for you, but can you tell us kind of the timeline and maybe that will kind of paint a picture or frame this journey that you've been on as far as like when you asked for the divorce and kind of like when environments started to change and all of that good stuff? Yeah. Uh, so, so the last time I asked for a divorce was 2019. This is like September or October. And, and I knew there was no going back. Mind you, stayed home mom. So it's a very scary place to be like, I want to leave you to be a single mom. Mm. What? Mm. So you're leaving a comfortable place to go into the unknown. Mm-hmm. My children at the time were three and five. I had been married, just backstory, had been married for um, seven years. Had known him for nine total. So we weren't oh. together two years before we got married. Do not recommend. Let me just say that. Uh, don't know. Learn people, right? Learn people. Um, and learn yourself. I was 26 at the time. Whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, I didn't move out until March of 2020. So I'm basically living on an air mattress in the basement for like six months or so. Mm. And so my children are seeing, you know, things are different. And before, even before September, you see tension between us. But we're not argumentative people. We have very like um, intentional conversations, <laughs> mm-hmm. and sometimes they were on text. So you, so you don't even see mommy and daddy fighting. You just notice that shit's different around it. here. Yeah, <laughs> so, they can feel it. Um, and then I'm downstairs, so they can see somewhat of a separation. And so that one was cause for a conversation because because now they're like, all right, why is mommy downstairs? So, so you were in the basement of your house that you had together with Yes, you. yes. Okay, I thought you meant you were somewhere else, but you were, okay. Yeah, we were in the same house, but I was just downstairs. We, I mean, and and I, I'm grateful to him for even allowing that to happen because, you know, if somebody don't want you, you kind of want them out immediately. Why yeah. do you have to see their face and pay yeah. for their expenses? Like, I'm, I'm got, buying groceries for everybody in this house. So, you know, good on him, and I appreciate him. Um, and thanks to my ancestors because in every way of my life, I am cared for. Let me just mm, shout them out. Um, so then I finally move out before the world shuts down. So March, if the world shuts down March 15, I moved out like March 13th. It was just oh like the God. garage door was closed and I just slid out of there. Right. And that was my first time living on my own ever. Cause I had gone from like home to um, a roommate in college, then a roommate in New York and, uh, and oh, also my cousin for a little bit. And then moved in with him. I never lived with a boyfriend before. I never lived with a man. Nothing. Oh, wow. So, um, so and, and I remember saying during my marriage, you know what? I'm never going to get a chance to live alone. Like, if I'm here forever, when will I ever live? The, okay? I did. And yeah. grateful. Because I, I do, I did enjoy the, the living on my own part. And figuring out, like, what do I want my space to look like, feel like? Everything just felt like the whiteboard of your life has been wiped clear. What do you want to write on it? And that felt so good to me, um, you know, through the sadness and whatever. But I was glad that I got an opportunity with a, to get a job with a W-2 that, that was a great income and to get me out um, without a cosign or anything. And then um, had this one-bedroom apartment, but it was big enough for me and my daughters. It was a huge one-bedroom. Um, and, you know, getting their bunk beds and getting my stuff and just compiling a home uh for the first time and you know going through my own healing had my therapist you know by my side (laughs) throughout this i want to talk a little bit about that too and like as far as support systems yes 
you was there a point in time where you're like, okay, I need somebody to talk to? Did somebody have to like convince you to go to therapy, or did you know that was going to be like the next step of getting help, or had you had a therapist the whole time? Great question. So therapy, I'm a big proponent of therapy. Mm-hmm. I think every time I open my mouth, I might mention therapy. So this is my time. Same. <laughs> <laughs> every conversation, so therapy. So I therapy, mean, right? Great. <laughs> ten out of ten. <laughs> Highly recommend. So, um, so I first had therapy in 2013, um, when I had my first miscarriage. So I had two miscarriages in 2013, right? Oh, wow. And the first one I suffered and I was just like quiet. I just felt sad. And I was like, you know, I think this is depression. I think we've reached, I think we've gone beyond sadness. I think this is actual depression. So I need to go talk to somebody. So I did that. That was February, 2019. I'm sorry, 2013. And then- um, I had a second miscarriage in October of that same year, still had the same therapist, whatever, but like, that's where therapy started for me. And, um, and then I reached a place within a year or two that I was like, okay, I think I'm done for now. Then I like, so I, therapy has been a start stop for me over time. Um, but this time during the divorce, I had a therapist maybe around that, like when I asked for a divorce, I probably went and got a therapist around that time. And mm-hmm. she was very helpful with, um, me initiating tough conversations with him because it was my idea to leave. And she's like, he's not going to be, you know, jumping towards certain conversations. So you have to initiate them. And I was like, you're right. I should. Okay. So, um, she's ha- stressful. That's oh my stressful gosh. So much stress. Yeah. Um, but I felt supported. I felt helped through that whole process conversations around, you know, custody, will there be alimony, will there be child support? Like, what do you feel comfortable with? Um, you know, separating things in the house. Like, do you want to keep this? Am I keeping that? Was that your book? Is it like different things, um, small and large about separating two different lives, um, that was once considered one. Uh, so that therapy was so helpful with that. Um, is that something you, you still instill in therapy? Are, have you kind of like taken a step back? No, I'm still, I'm definitely still in therapy now. This is a different therapist for, uh, she had personal things where she ended up taking a sabbatical mm-hmm. sometime in 2020. And mind you, 2020 is 2020. So yeah, we all going through it. So I'm yeah. like, girl, I understand. You got me to a really good place. I appreciate you go about whatever you need to do next. And then um, a few months later, I mean, I still, I feel like therapy is something that's, a part of like life sustainability. So I just need somebody next, you know, side by side to, you know, yeah. on your team, be on my team, be in my squad. So I have a therapist now. She's fantastic. Shout out to Lauren. Um, and it's a different phase of the divorce actually. Um, so she, the first one was great in the beginning. This one, she's, it's not even about divorce. It's really about like building your life and, holding yourself accountable and uh, what life do you want to create and and how are you staying on track and, you know, learning where you triggered in certain parts of life. So uh, a therapy, yes. And forevermore. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Yes. And forevermore. Um, <laughs> did you have any other type of support systems that you really leaned on during that time outside of therapy? Outside of therapy, I have, I have wonderful friends. And they have been my support system through all of this in a way that I wouldn't even call them a support system, but they just have been there. And they have 
like just quality friendships have held me down in so many ways. I even had, I met up with two different friends yesterday and it, it's, my friendships are top notch. There's no one who's like frou-frou, no one who's like, oh, we just do this one thing together. Like, no, everybody, sometimes my conversations with friends can be like therapy sessions. Like that's how deep we go. We only do candid. We only do vulnerable. There's no like smoke and mirrors. Y'all looking for another person to add them <laughs> The squad is good. The squad is deep. We can always use more. Yes. No, that's awesome because I think, um, especially, and this is just for me, my experience in my 30s, it is harder to make friends, harder mm-hmm. to make really good friends, like mm-hmm. good friends that you can have those candid conversations with, that you can talk about the things that you're going through and be able to be in a, in a vulnerable space, but also go and have a good time and turn yeah. up and have fun. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a blessing because it's it's not everybody has that and it takes intention I think to have those people around you and also just having just being able to run into the right people at the right points in your life and mm-hmm. being able to kind of stick together um through the hard times. So I'm happy yeah. for you girl. That that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. It's that's also been a journey too because in a marriage, you, your friends are kind of co-mingled. And I like latched on to his friend group. And I have like my one-offs here and there. So even a part of rebuilding your life after divorce is rebuilding friends. Um, whether you're going to maintain friendships with some of those people or make new friends. And yeah, it's after 30, it's a, it's a weird, awkward place <laughs> to try to make yeah. friends. Um, so I... I've just made an effort and, you know, even joining like hiking groups is like, oh, this is, we have a similar interest. Yeah. We, you, friends. Um, I've met two really good friends in the, we don't have to go down this rabbit hole if you don't want to, but like, like in the holes. play party, okay. sex party space, like I've oh, met friends. Okay. That- <laughs> okay. Hold on now. Okay. <laughs> I love this because, um, Shout out to another podcast, and I'm not the type of girl that's like gatekeeping and likes to not talk about other podcasts on my podcast. Yeah. Shout out to Horrible Decisions because right. this is how I learned about this. Life. Yes. I'm not in the life, but I find it really, really interesting. So, and I find it interesting that there that is a whole nother community. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned so much from listening to them. Yes. About the way that there's also support systems within those communities. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of like being sexually free and liberated mm-hmm. and all, all that good stuff, but also just having people from my perspective, like just really truly be judgment free. Yeah. 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 Yes. So. Yes, indeed. Um, it's a, it's a very unique place. Um, you know, not without its own ills, but it's, yeah. it's definitely a place of freedom for some healing for some because, uh, you know, society and all the ways that they want everybody to be pure and whatever. Um, yeah, you, that pure word is um, what is the word subjective, objective, whatever it means to. Yeah, it, it is, is. It is. It is subjective. Yes. And it is, it sits for me under patriarchy and mm-hmm. white supremacy. And I mean, that's a whole nother episode we can right. go into. But <laughs> the idea of what is pure, um, I think for me, I've like taken the onion layers off. Yes. All these preconceived notions that I have about purity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up Catholic in Catholic school, uniform and everything. Oh, wow. So yeah, but at home, I'm not, we, we're very spiritual. Like, Jamaicans 
got crystals everywhere. Mm-hmm. You got to bless the house, put salt in front of the door mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. move in somewhere. Um, so it was like two very different worlds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've definitely had to like change or just like grow out of all of this crap that gets piled on is like what you should be, especially as a woman. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a big part of this journey for me. As far as coming out of the divorce, you, you want to, I want to figure out what is mine and what's not like, what did I pick up along the way? What is my ex-husband's? What is mine? What is my parents? What is society's? And like, what is actually Janine's in, in every aspect of my wants, needs, desires, where I, where I find validation, where I, feel success or pride um, because it's really a mind. Can I say the words? Can I say mind fuck? Can say it. Can uh, say it. It's really a mind Be free. fuck. This is a free, free space. <laughs> okay, great. Um, it's really a mind fuck because we are socialized and somewhat indoctrinated to be on a certain track in life, right? And that includes, you know, marry um, heterosexually, and um, present a certain way and and get a certain job and 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 have a home a single family home it's like a certain track that you know we're supposed to go towards mm-hmm. um, and then then there's the actual individual like what do you actually want and just pausing for a second <laughs> and trying to figure out and divorce is a great pause a great place to figure out like do I actually want marriage do I actually want it like that um, do I want to only be with one person? Do I like, there's so many more questions underneath when, when your world gets shattered, you know, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, like you said, those boxes that the hats that were kind of given before we even like get to go and like shop around a little bit. Yeah. But I think one thing that has always been interesting to me and I've even heard my mom say it who she's been divorced twice. And I've heard other people that have been divorced say I've had this failed marriage mm. or this, I, you know, even people that aren't married and maybe they've been together for five years. And they're like, I had, I keep having these failed relationships. Mm. And my point of view is that as long as you were able to get something out of it, to learn about yourself, about the world, um, I, I don't feel like there is such thing as a failed marriage. Right. I think that there are just these experiences that we go through. I think they're here for a time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're here forever for our entire lives mm-hmm. and they go as planned. Sometimes they're here for our entire lives and they don't go as planned. Right. And maybe you're not happy, but even if it's like you've been married for six months, you've been married for 15 years, you've been married for 23 years I don't think it's a failure. And I think that's something really terrible that we really put on to people in general that if they leave a marriage that they failed at something, like what are your, do you look at merit, your divorce as a failure? Not at all. In no way do I think divorce is a failure. Um, so, you know, pass or fail, success or fail, right? Marriage is seen as a success. And on the other side of that, divorce is seen as a failure, right? <clears throat> and I, I don't subscribe to that because marriage is no longer like a destination point for me. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can have a successful marriage, all the things, but divorce is not a failure because you were in it. You said yes to it. You had some wonderful experiences 
that you that you would not have had any other way besides when you were in this this relationship. Um, and you learned a lot. You grew. Uh, hopefully, you learned some things about yourself along the way. And so it's not, it's nowhere near a failure. It's just the end of a relationship, just like a breakup. Like, do you say I had a, like, it's, it's just, it's just the end of something, the closing of a chapter, and then you're going into a new one. Um, It's unfortunate. It's sad, but I don't think that it's a failure because you, you survived it. (laughs) Like you went through it. Um, Everything is perception. Uh, I learned a lot. I like the name of the podcast is thanks divorce. Because I'm thankful for all the things I learned from divorcing. Um, so, no, I don't think. It, and, and you know, if I guess failure might be subjective because if you you could be unhappy in a marriage, would that be considered a failed marriage? Because you're not doing it right. You're not doing it the way you like how we think it's supposed to go. I don't if you're in an abusive relationship. Is it a failed? Like, like, I don't know. Um, I have different thoughts about it, but. In no way do I think that there's a failure. We we did a lot. We completed a lot. And then we stopped doing that thing that way. He's not dead to me. He's not like he's in my life for a very long time because we have children. Um, we have shifted our relationship. And in the polyamory world, they say like we have de-escalated to now something else. Like now we're a, a friendship or a different. We're not friends right now, but like <laughs> um We've gone from one one level of relationship to a, another way of relating, mm-hmm. and that's just what it is now. Um, yeah, I think that yeah. answers. No, it definitely it definitely does. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, when we spoke the other day. You said something that kind of stuck with me, and it was something to the effect of divorce is not. Uh, Divorce is just a new beginning. And I don't think I've heard somebody say that in such a way where it was a really positive way. Not like divorce is just like I have to start all over because I think sometimes that's the MO. And I've never been divorced. I'm a child of divorced parents. But and I think just for me watching my mom when I was when I saw her going through her second divorce it did seem to me very painful and there was a lot of strife, I think on both sides. And then you start to see kind of the, the, the change of this world of this life that you had as a kid, um, like vastly changing. And then you see the communication between the two people. But um, I just remember it being a very, I don't want to say negative, but it was a very hard time for Mm -hmm. my family. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm wondering when you said it's a new beginning, it was almost like, okay, now here's another chance. Like let's hit the restart button and let's just go in another direction. So can you talk a little bit about like what your new beginning has looked like? Yeah. Um, yes. Divorce is not the end of the world. It's the the beginning of a new one and maybe your best one. Um, that's, that's how I see it. And it took therapy and support groups and prayer (laughs) to get there. So yes, it is gruesome. Yes, it is hard. Yes, it hurts. It's all of those things. And, uh, you, you get to start over, not, I have to start. uh, You get to, it's it's really about how you see the world. 
Um, and I'm someone who since very young has leaned into like, where's the lesson in this? Like, where's, what am I going to learn? What am I learning? And I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but like, I've been trying to do it like in real time. <laughs> like, yeah, same. what are we doing? <laughs> what am I learning here? Um, so that's just my own predisposition about life. Mm-hmm. So that's helped me get through. Uh, and a lot of it has been the unfolding of what's in front of me. And is it a yes? <laughs> is it a no? Yeah. And I remember thinking like, I don't know what, what's next, but I know how I want it to feel. And I, I can use that feeling as a guiding light. And if I don't like it here, I'm not going to be here. If I don't like it over there, I'm not going to be over there. <laughs> so yeah. um, I talk about like listening to the yes in my body. And some might say that's intuition or spirit or whatever. But like, if I hear the yes in my body, then it's a yes. If it's a no, then it's, it's definitely going to be a no. Because I've lived years and had experiences from childhood on where the yes, in, I had a yes in my body, but I said no, or I had a no in my body. And I went against that and I said yes. And so I was like, nah, not no more. I, I can't do that. I can't do any more of that. And so this new life is a bunch of yeses. and um. And that goes into micro, macro ways. So picking an apartment and uh, picking the paint on the walls and how many plants do I need in here and who are my actual friends and uh, how am I spending my time? What am I eating? What am I consuming? Every little thing matters. And when you asked about the book earlier, which like a pivotal book in my life, I remember reading this book also in high school uh, called The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama. I don't know how we got there, but I read that back then. And the the, the point of the book, spoiler, is that <laughs> basically if you make decisions that make you happy along the way, you'll, you'll be happy in the end. So it's just a bunch of micro decisions that are the culmination of the thing that you want. So if your thing is success or the, your thing is joy or your thing is pleasure you just make a bunch of decisions in that direction and so that's what has has been very helpful and I also think about uh hearing this Audre Lorde speech where it's called the uses of erotic or something about eroticism right um and she has an example in there a visual where she talks about when something about like this margarine and it comes in like a yellow, a white color, but they give you a pellet to um, make it all yellow, like stir it around to make it all yellow. And this is what you should be doing with the erotic in your life. Like have the erotic and mush it all around like keep, put it in everything. And so my yes is in everything. I need it to be in everything. And that's how I feel like I'm on the path that I need to be on because I'm not going against that yes anymore. And I'm saying my no when it needs to be a no. Yeah. And that that's that's how I got here today. <laughs> yes, I love that. And I've heard you several times today saying yes and. Is that something that is an intentional thing that you're doing? Because I, I know I've talked to people that are like, okay, I'm, I'm this year I'm saying yes and. Is that something like you learn in therapy or like you learn from a friend or you're just like, I'm going to say yes and. I learned that from improv. So improv is one of my favorite things to go dabble and do, right? I'm not trying to be on SNL in any way, but I love improv. 
Okay, um, quick side note. Yes. I have been looking for places to do improv. Granted, I'm in Tampa. Yes. But this is, again, the universe. The universe is like, girl. Yes. All these messages you need, they're coming in today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is that is so funny that you that you said that. So oh I gosh. I love improv, um, and I'm glad you do too. And um, I learned that phrase there, and I try to throw it in wherever I can because sometimes you're given two choices. Sometimes it's just like it feels like it's a binary, but you could throw in the yes and, or throw in the both and, or throw in the not quite any of those. But hey, there's a third option that we might not be seeing. So like, there's always possibility even when there's like just two options being presented and life has way more than just, you know, those two little options. So it could be, it could be both. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Um, so I want to fast forward to the present. So we've kind of gone along this journey with you a little bit from, you know, first time you asked for a divorce, second time you asked for a divorce. Now separation is happening move we're moving into a separate environment the kids are getting used to having two different environments you're you're saying yes and to new experiences and yes to the things that you that make you happy what are some non-negotiables in friendships relationships life now oh oh the bar the bar oh the bar <laughs> but it's not astronomically high but it's it's up there. It's it's there. It's there. Uh, and before, I think th- I walked a life of just wanting to be chosen, and now I'm choosing. And it's a different world on this side because I'm just like, oh, pick me, uh, marry me, or show me that I'm worth something by loving me. Nah, like I'm I'm good over here. It feels great. I like my life and the people in it. So if you add in, if you're adding to it, cool. If you match the vibe, great. So non-negotiables. I like depth with people. If we can't go deep, what are we doing? Um, And that's a loaded thing because it takes work uh, to to go deep. I like to have great conversations and and like peel back some layers. Um, I'm also understanding that not everybody has done all the work, some of the work, any of the work. So there's a grace for that, but also we need to go. Like it's, it is a non-negotiable. I need you to go deep. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes people don't want to do the work, and I've had to accept that. Like, okay, this is where you're meeting me, and there's not going to be any room for you to go further. Right. That determines the depth of our connection. Yeah. So if you're in my inner, then we need to go deep. If you're not in my, you don't have to go deep. If you're not in my inner. Cool. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and. As far as relationships go, I I'm thinking that a non-negotiable is that you need to either be curious or have some type of healing modality that you lean on where you might be in therapy. Hello therapy again. Therapy, <laughs> um maybe you are into some other thing that I don't even know about. Um some type of spiritual base that I'm not familiar with or there just needs to be something outside of you helping you you got a coach what you got like something yeah. <laughs> something yeah. who's in your corner who's, who's your in team? your corner who's on your squad um yeah. that's important because again depth i need we need to i like yeah. i like it down there yeah no kitty pools over here no kitty pools we need the ocean we need yes. ocean level yes um, i hear that um what 
are, I mean, there's been so much advice given, but what would you just say to somebody that right now is thinking about asking for a divorce or they've asked for a divorce and then similar to you, they've kind of talked through it and said, okay, no, we're going to stay, you know, we're going to try to make this work. But this person is feeling like this is no longer serving me. This is no longer serving us. And they really feel like divorce is the next step for them. What advice do you have for them? And what would you say to them? I hesitate on saying anything to anyone in that state because I know the complexity of, of being a human, being married to another human and whatever they got going on. So the folks on the cusp, I keep my mouth closed. Okay. When you what on the other the people on the other side, on the other side, signed, <laughs> moved out. Um, yeah, you know, what do you have for advice? Advice for what? What do you have for advice? What advice do you have for somebody that is recently divorced and is like, my life is ruined. I, I just am a failure. I, what have I done? Like I've ruined. Like what do you? What advice do you have for somebody right now that is really? feeling the weight of all of the pressures that society has put on them um, and expectations and yeah, that yeah. they, that have been put on somebody as a, as a divorced person. That person, uh, I would say, take care of yourself in the best way that you know how. And I would say, find a support system where you feel safe and that could be, it could be family or not friends. It could be someone you hire. It could be a coach. It could be a therapist. It could be an online community where they give, where you take, you know, a certain percentage of their advice because they don't, you know, you don't really know them. But um, find safety and then also create safety within yourself because a lot of what goes on with divorce is you besides losing like maybe some of your identity you you don't know if you can trust yourself and trust your own decision making because you made this real big decision and it didn't go so well so now you're like can I even trust myself so use small exercises to build your trust back up for yourself which also lends into your confidence in yourself and when you are con- like when you find the confidence you're unstoppable you go from pain to power there's a direct line from pain to power when you start to focus only on you and maybe you lived a life where you weren't focused on you and it feels very, you feel guilty for focusing on yourself. Nah, this is the one wonderful time to focus solely on yourself. And it's not selfish. It is, we are repairing. We are rediscovering. We are, we're in like damage control. Like we're, we're putting it back together. So yes, it's all about you in every possible way and give yourself the best, the absolute best. If you can afford it, the best and nothing less because you're training yourself that you deserve the best. You're telling yourself in your actions to yourself how much you deserve. So treat yourself well in every possible way. Wear the silk, it feels good on your skin. Get the body butter that costs a little bit more. Mm. Smell good, like all every piece of living make it the best possible way because you're training yourself you're rebuilding your confidence that's that's what i would say to somebody who's in the thick of it 
Mm. And just coming yeah. on the other side of like, oh, they had divorced. We've moved out, whatever. But like, give yeah. yourself the absolute best. Because then the you start silk. to set a bar for what else you want in your life. Yeah, wear the silk. I really like that. I feel like that is a whole mindset. Wear the silk. Like, you deserve it. You deserve it. That. Get that thread count up, honey. <laughs> get the fancy sheets. Get do the, it all. Get the everything. Every yeah. possible thing. If you can, Whew. Yeah. it changes you on the inside because <laughs> you really are training yourself for like, oh, oh, I do deserve to wear nice things. Yeah. I do deserve to have the best option. Do the yeah. first class, whatever the thing is, like give yourself the best. Yeah. Wear the silk. That's a whole mindset. Okay. Um, that's gonna, that one's going to stick with me for a little bit. Um, <laughs> What is, ah, oh, man. So you said, again, I'm going back to our previous conversation, but you said something that really stuck with me. And you said there's a difference between holding space and holding your tongue. Oh, oh my gosh. So <laughs> that takes me back to 2020 um, in the thick of like the hardest parts, having the tough conversations, being scared to initiate conversations. Um, and also feeling like because I hurt this person's feelings, I deserve bad treatment or I deserve to hear all his thoughts and all these things. Um, no, he's not trying to be mean, but like he's healing. So like, because he's healing, this is like a tantrum for him. So I'm sitting here being like the mom watching a kid have a tantrum. And so I think as a person I'm just holding space for his feelings. Like I'm, you know what? I'm in a healed place because I had a two-year head start. So I've already emotionally moved on and started my healing. Um, or at least a couple of months, right? So yeah. uh so as he's saying things that I don't like to hear, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. when some of it is like hard truths about myself. So there's that, right? So let's not just say that he's like saying mean, mean, mean things. He's, he's actually reading me. He's so, calling you out. Yeah. 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 So a bit of balance in there. Um, so I thought I was holding space for his feelings. And I just woke up one day and I was like, I'm just, I'm actually just holding my tongue. Cause, yeah. cause what you're not going to do is just dump all this shit on me and expect me to not say nothing back. And, I think a part of me felt like I deserved it. And so I didn't say anything back. And, and, and then there was a turning point of like, nah, you can stop there. Or I'm not reading that last one or um, block for a day or two or whatever. Like I got a day because we have children, but like, we, we're going to start muting stuff. Like it, it just needs to be mitigated and go tell your therapist them thoughts. Like you don't got, don't come over here. No, yeah, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Go tell your squad. Yeah. Um, so there was a turning point where I just woke up and was like, I'm just holding my tongue. I'm being an emotional punching bag for what? For what? For yeah. what? And yeah, I had guilt, but I also had to realize that I didn't want a divorce out of nowhere. This was a co-creation. So yeah, I somebody had to go. Somebody had to do it. Somebody had to leave because this wasn't working. It wasn't working. Um, yeah. So th yeah, that helped me take a turn in how much I was just, taking in that wasn't mine like what's mine and what's it like that's his mm, yeah. go over there go over yeah. there <laughs> so that that 
uh, it helped a lot. And I remember writing it down. So uh, I actually posted it online recently where I wrote down, I am done basically being at the whims of someone's like judgment of me and judgment being good or bad, whether you love me, adore me, whatever, or bad, judge me, criticize, whatever. I don't want to care. I don't care no more. As of August 21, 2020, no, August 31, 2020, I stopped caring. And so from that moment on, go over there. I don't want it. So Stay is over that there. that switch to internal validation? It switched. It was a switch because because there was too much in how much I cared about he how he felt about me. And, mm. you know, I don't want to be the bad guy. You know, that whole, I've, I've done this. I've done this like, oh, I'm, you know, I broke up, but I don't want to be the bad guy. And I just want to be friends and da-da. What? No, I broke it for a reason. And now we've built, we've created boundaries around what type of interaction that we will accept or will not. Mm-hmm. And that's, that goes for everybody. <laughs> so including yes. him. Yes. Well, I want to talk a little bit about, um, I know you've got some exciting things in the works. Um, I know that you are working on a book. Um, you are obviously a podcaster, but there's something really cool that you have uh, curated, which is a retreat specifically for divorced women. So I want you to tell us a little bit about that. When is it? When can people sign up? Is there going to be more? Mm, the divorce retreat. I'm so happy and so proud of that. I'm happy and proud of you. <laughs> Thank I'm, you. I think that this is the first time I've ever heard of something like this. And, you know, a piece of me, which is like, damn, I wish my mom could have heard some of these things early on. And like, mm. I think I'm realizing now as an adult that, there were, I feel like somebody would have told her some of these things, or at least if she would have like had therapy at that point and had somebody to really talk to and confide in, because I think there was just a point of like, just do it yourself. And, you know, my grandma, my Jamaican grandma wasn't going to be there to console her. She's just like, okay, come on, get up. We got to do the next thing. Like you got to get up. You got to find another house. You got to put the kids in school. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a beautiful thing that you've created. And, um, yeah, I'm excited for women to have this opportunity to go and heal. Like, yeah. Intentionally. Intentionally. Take some time out. So the divorce retreat uh, was just an idea. And then I was like, sure, let's try it. <laughs> I, um, you know, I do my divorce coaching. And why not have us all come together and do a thing? So the retreat is happening in Tulum, Mexico, February 9th through 12th, 2023. And uh, it's a space for divorced women to come and be in community with other divorced women, come out of your silo of just like healing on your own and be with women who get it, who get the journey, who get what you, at least a version of what you've gone through. And the theme for this year is release. So we are releasing the things that we don't want to take with us into our new lives. The retreat is also a definitive, like, this is the closing of a chapter. We are literally burning some things um, that we don't need to take with us when we go back. Um, And it's a pause from the daily hustle and bustle to just focus on yourself, your healing, um, where you are and where you want to be as this new, new woman that you're that you're coming into um it's for like the newly divorced folks even if, if some veterans want to come too, like come shed some light let the youngins know <laughs> um, i love that it will be at a villa 
in Tulum and it's 10 women. We have a few slots left. Um, and yeah, I look forward to what comes of it. So it's, it's partially, we're going to be like releasing a partial look back, <laughs> but definitely a look forward and um, a visioning for what we want to create. And it's around Valentine's Day on purpose so we can focus on ourself and our own self-love and building that back up. Just a little tune-up if it's if you need it, because you know, we have been, you know, socialized to care about that holiday in a certain way, in a certain light, and it can make you feel a sense of lack. So come fill yourself up uh, for a bit before you go back into the world. Cause like when you go through a divorce, like life just keeps going. Like no one pauses. I was lucky enough to be in a pandemic. Like yeah, the world, everybody is paused. The world paused. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm grateful for that because having to go back into like, you know, facing your people at work or like facing your children or facing any everything without like a pause, you just kind of like zhuzh over it. But like you actually went through a, a earth shattering event, event yeah. like a huge thing. So the the retreat is a you're saying yes to yourself for a pause and a release and a rejuvenation and um there will be some like sightseeing stuff too <laughs> we're gonna go to the ruins and things like that to note but um yeah it's a a time to come together and like let it all out and then go back refreshed i love that and what's included with the retreat is it like accommodation is there meals included pick up from the airport just for anybody that's like, oh, I might need to push the button and get my card out. Yeah, get your card out. Um, so it's basically all inclusive. We'll pick you up at the airport. We'll take you to the the villa. Everything else is paid for. You won't have to change money for real uh, unless you want to buy gifts for people or yourself on the way back. Um, but all meals, including when we go to a restaurant or a club, everything is taken care of when you get there. So just basically get your flight, show up, and we got you. Yeah, so sis, book the flight. This is your sign. <laughs> Go to Google, googleflights.com. Um, book the flight. Um, take the time off that you never take off. Mm. And uh, take care of yourself. But um, I've enjoyed this conversation a lot. And it's given me some insight um, into a world that I've only seen from a certain perspective. Mm-hmm. Like being a child of uh, divorced parents. But... I'm just very happy that you are here taking up space Hmm. and um, really just being intentional about your healing and also really opening it up to other people to kind of break these standards and not feel like they um, not feel like they have failed, but feel like there is an opportunity um, through all the mess that happens and all of the sticky situations and the frustrations and the you know, nights I'm sure crying and mm-hmm. being angry and um, that there is hope at the, there's hope and there's a lot of world out there to be experienced and you deserve all of it and you should wear silk while doing it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. I receive all of that. And uh, it's definitely all of, it's all of those things and more where the, and wear the silk always yeah. choose always the, wear or the, the, silk. the cashmere, whatever your thing, whatever your high sedity, whatever your thing is going to be like, wear it, find it, yes. be it. Yes. <laughs> wear the silk. Um, before we wrap up and we tell everybody how to um, get in touch with you, we are going to go back to our mind games segment. We're going to wrap up and yeah. give everybody the answer. So as a quick recap uh, for today's mind game, 
um, this particular mental illness is the irrational and persistent feel feeling that people are out to get you or that you are the subject of persistent, intrusive attention by others. And there's unfounded mistrust of others that makes it difficult for a person with this illness to function socially and have close relationships. So drum roll, please. (laughs) (laughs) The mind games answer for today. Do you want to take a guess, Janine? I guess paranoia. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Paranoia is the answer for today. Um, So paranoia is a thought process that causes an irrational mistrust of other people due to beliefs of persecution. This can sometimes occur in dementia, as well as in people who misuse certain drugs. Uh, Sometimes the, the symptoms of paranoia are mistrust of others, feeling disbelieved or misunderstood, feeling persecuted or victimized when no threat is present isolation, constant stress related to beliefs about others. Um, The one thing when I read this, when I read about paranoia is I was like, where does this flow into or how does this connect with anxiety and paranoia and anxiety can arise from each other. So Mm. paranoia can can, can uh, cause significant fear and anxiety based on a person's belief in the delusions and anxiety may actually lead to paranoia. I mean, that's not always the case. But both can cause similar bodily feelings like a racing heart, feeling nervous, um, but the thought processes are very, very different. Um, and the three main types of paranoia include paranoid personality disorder, which I don't think we've talked about on this podcast before, um, delusional disorder, which is formerly per- paranoid disorder, and then paranoid schizophrenia. Mm. So interesting stuff if you want to nerd out like me um there are lots of links today in the description lots of references uh for our conversation today i will actually throw in a couple of the books that janine mentioned as well um but yes i i I, i'm a nerd so i always like reading about (laughs) weird stuff not that paranoia is weird but i like learning about new stuff with um different mental illnesses and things like that. But Janine, I appreciate you. Um, Thank you again for joining me. Thank you again for being patient with me today. Um, Today was just not doing it for me as far as the technical difficulties. (laughs) I had to drag my husband in here. Then we had wires going all different ways. Um, And Janine was very graceful and patient uh, during that process. I appreciate you. But tell the people where they can find you, how they can get signed up for this retreat and how they can sign up for coaching if they're interested. Oh, thank you, Ashley, for having me. Um, I didn't want to cut you off and like, thank you too. Um, but <laughs> um, it's all good. thank you for having me here um, and sharing your platform. Um, and also allowing me to say things that I might not have ever verbalized before, but it like crystallized mm-hmm. as you brought up certain things. So I appreciate that exercise. Um, So yeah, thank you for that. And as for me, uh, I, I'm on the internet, you know, just out here in these streets. (laughs) And if you want to learn more about the retreat, you can go to divorcedwomensretreat.com and online on, in, on social media, the, the handle is at Thanks Divorce Podcast. Thanks, like thank you. Thanks Divorce Podcast. That's where this information 
I'm also personally at yes, Janine, because I'm a yes. But the yes has two S's. Okay. You'll post it in the show notes. I don't have to spell it. It's all there. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> and then um, for coaching, thanksdivorce.com slash coaching. Or just reach out on any, any of the channels to uh, to find me and to get more information about that. I'm happy to help any woman who feels in despair about the next chapter in their life and get a grip on what's possible, like staying in possibility and curiosity to then live whatever their dream might be. Yes. Love that. I will make sure to put all of the, uh, all of the ways that you can reach out to Janine in the description below. Make sure you guys go give her a follow. If you're interested in signing for the signing up for the retreat, Grab, I mean, there's not too many left, not too many seats left. So go ahead and hurry up, grab your card, click the link and just sign up. Just say yes. Like we've been talking about, just say yes. Um, make sure you are following, uh, following us on black girls have anxiety too on Instagram and Tiki talk. And, um, yes, happy new year. I think I've said it in a couple episodes before, but I'm super excited for this year and I'm going to have more awesome guests like Janine on, um, and I just want to thank you guys for your time. Thank you to everybody that's listening. Thank you to everybody that's been listening for a while. And thank you to everybody that, you know, this is your first time here. Welcome to the, welcome to the club. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, this has been another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety Too. And I will see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety Too. No matter where you are in the world, I really appreciate your support. See you again on the next episode, but until then, follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Have Anxiety Too and on Twitter at Anxious Black Girls. That's Anxious BLK Girls. And remember, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you have to struggle in silence. The more we talk about it, the more we heal. <laughs>